we as humans, we overthink everything, right? Most of our thoughts are negative thoughts about a situation that will never actually happen, but we have this ability that most animals don't in our brain to just imagine a situation before it's ever happened. Like you can think of, there's a famous Ted talk about artificial happiness or synthetic happiness and how people can actually create this fake level of happiness themselves. And they talk about the ability to just like ration in your head. And they say, Ben and Jerry's doesn't make, you know, liver ice cream, but they can, you can think in your head what liver ice cream tastes like, and you just know it wouldn't be good. And in the same sense, people are booking your property and they're thinking in your head, they're picturing their family vacation. They're saying, what is my significant other going to look like if it's a surprise when they walk through this door? And what, what is that going to feel, that experience going to feel like? They're picturing going to the beach or going to the slopes with their kids. And you really want to make sure that you're bringing that image to life for them. Welcome to Short-Term Rental Solutions, a show for hosts and property managers looking to overcome obstacles, maximize revenue, and optimize their short-term rental business by learning from the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. everybody. Welcome back to this week's show of the Short-Term Mental Solutions. We are here today talking about really creating an amazing experience for our guests and even being able to over-deliver, but without getting overwhelmed. And, you know, because we have so many other things that are involved in our operations and, and that command our time. But we have, you know, the industry is growing, but there's a finite number of travelers out there. And so with you know, more and more short-term rental properties coming online in our markets and the competition that we feel from professional property management companies and hotels and resorts. One of the ways that we can stand out and really distinguish ourselves from that competition is by providing exceptional guest experience. And so we're lucky today because we have Connor Payton here, who is the CEO and co one of the co-founders of a company called Noshable. And Connor is all about guest experience. And you know their company is really driven by creating an exceptional stay for the guests. And so, Connor, I'm super excited to be picking your brain today and having this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm also super excited. And I know we talked a little bit before, and I think we have a lot of good stuff to, to hopefully hit on and hopefully provide some value to the listeners on guest experience and amenities and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. Yes. Absolutely. So Connor, there's, I'm sure tons of people listening to the show today that aren't familiar with you and what you guys are doing with Noshable. Can you just take a little bit to uh, a couple minutes here to introduce yourself and give everybody a little general idea of what brought you into the short-term rental industry? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So as uh, you said, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Noshable and simply put, Noshable is a grocery concierge amenity for short-term rentals and second homes. And really it's just the goal of allowing guests to focus more on what matters most instead of their first kind of uh, task when they arrive to a location being errands or grocery shopping. And I'd had a background in a prop tech company called Realpha. So I'd been on the property management side of things and we'd leveraged all these technologies. And when we tried to build a brand that would stand out and that way we didn't have to lean on Airbnb and OTAs as a crutch. And I learned a lot of that space. And then from a guest and someone who uses Airbnb a lot myself, I still found myself always stuck in the grocery store, somehow footing the bill and not getting quite the amount of money I should be getting back from my friends or family. And I was like, why am I starting my vacation like this? So that's kind of the inspiration behind Noshable and what led me to be building this with a couple other good buddies. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but that's it at a high, high level. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, and I'm right there with you. I can totally relate. You know, I find myself 
booking short-term rentals when I'm traveling with family or larger groups, as opposed to just a solo traveler, I may still be inclined, sorry to say it, to just quickly book, you know, the one hotel room that's adjacent to whatever conference or what I'm saying, whatever that I'm traveling for. But when I'm traveling with my family and with a group and planning to be there for an extended period of time, that is when I am a short-term rental traveler myself. And so there I am at the grocery store or at Walmart picking up those things that we need in order to, you know, have a great stay. So I personally can appreciate the value that you guys are bringing and the work that you guys are doing with Noshable. So, but let's just talk a little bit about this concept of that guest experience and, you know, over delivering for our guests. Yeah, it's funny, grocery delivery, that's kind of what you guys are doing. So no pun intended, but over delivering for our guests. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this concept that I know a lot of people have been talking about. There's a book as well as a Ted talk. If you like to skip it, I know you also use Blinkist, which is awesome that you were telling me about the other day that kind of is like a cliff notes type or audiobook version for reading books, but it's called unreasonable hospitality by Will Gadara. And in the Ted talk or the book, he talks about basically running a restaurant called 11 Madison park, which is like a Michelin star restaurant. I believe they had four Michelin stars which is kind of like the crazy golden standard for what a restaurant can be. I figure most of the listeners know that, but just in case. And he realized that they put all this time and money into, you know, wearing suits as the wait staff does and plating the food and all these crazy presentations and top quality ingredients and expensive chandeliers. Um, and he talks about this one experience that got them voted as New York's best restaurant for the year and what he really felt like differentiated them and kind of pushed his business into a new trajectory. And it was when this family had came to New York for a couple of days and they tried all these different culinary excursions and they ended up at his restaurant and he overheard them when he was walking by back to the kitchen. One of them had said, wow, like we went to these different places. This is awesome. The only thing we didn't try was a New York style hot dog. And in his head, he's like, wow, like they're at this crazy nice restaurant and they've done all these things, but they haven't tried a hot dog. So he like took off his, you know, kitchen robe or whatever and ran across the street and purchased a hot dog, brought it back to his kitchen staff had them cut it into four different bites and like played it with ketchup and mustard and, you know, sauerkraut and a couple little things. And he came out to them and it's like, Hey, I overheard you guys. Here's, you know, a New York style hot dog before you leave. And he'd said that, you know, they've comped people's dinners in the past, given them free bottles of expensive wine and champagne, but he's never got a reaction quite like that before. And it just goes to show like personalizing your experience for your guests and going above and beyond, not just with some like standard blanket cover, but actually finding a way that you can uniquely um, impress that guest and make their experience better goes miles and miles beyond. So that was just such a cool story. And I think it's something that the hospitality industry is getting pushed towards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we have so many little windows of opportunity to find out those things about our guests. We're talking with them through messages and whatnot long before they actually show up on our door. I know that I have a friend of mine who hosts in, I think it's the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. And one of the messages that goes out to her guests says something to the effect of, you know, we, we love celebrating with our guests, you know, let us know if there's any special occasions that you'll be celebrating while you're staying with us. And, you know, I've been to Disney World and Disneyland a number of times. And frequently when you book a reservation, that's one of the things that, you know, either the person on the phone that you're speaking with, or you're filling out the original registration forms, or, you know, there's somewhere along that journey, someone is going to ask you, you know, if you're celebrating anything. And so, yeah, we have lots of opportunities to kind of reach out to our guests and you know, set ourselves up 
to provide some of that high level hospitality and experience for our guests. I love that. So, yeah. you know, I don't know, other than, you know, guest messaging or whatnot, do you have any ideas or have you ever heard like some really cool stories about what are some of the things that hosts are doing to, you know, really stand out and provide some of those high level, you know, over the top types of things? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can go. And I think a lot of people are doing different things. And now it's really starting to take off. And I think pretty soon it won't be seen as creative. It'll be seen as a standard. I, one of the things that the book Unreasonable Hospitality talks about and that this restaurant did um, and Will did with his restaurant was they build what they call a toolkit. And a toolkit isn't something that you use for every single guest. He like uh, relates to it as like a realtor. When they sell a house to someone, they sometimes leave you a bottle of champagne in you know, the property, and you might do that for every guest. This isn't something you do for every guest. Instead, it's kind of an arsenal you have to go towards um, when you know that situation applies for that specific guest. It's a little bit more personalized. So um, you know, if there's a, a daughter who's having a birthday and they're coming there, maybe you know like the best place to get a, a pink birthday cake, whatever it is, like you can create this like tool chest full of different ways to cater to your guests individually. And instead, you don't just use it every time, use it in the situation where it's most appropriate. And so a lot of people have done a lot of different things. I know one of the things that it's good to consider is just the experience themselves of when they walk in. And I think we're gonna talk a little bit about first impressions here soon, but you know, there's things such as aromas and having your own soaps, all that kind of stuff is a great way to build a brand as well. So creating an experience like Disney does is the same thing, right? Going to a place and knowing what you're going to get every time uh, is a great way to do that. So I know people are starting to do things around aromas, building unique amenities that kids care about, like the crazy fun backyards. you got to think about what families really are looking for. I mean, obviously it depends on where you are. Noshville specifically grocery delivering amenities, but I know like where your rental properties are, people are big skiers. And so I think there's a lot of different opportunities to be creative and I would actually push people to, instead of just finding ideas on their own or through like chat GPT to think yourself and put yourself in those family shoes. Or the best thing to do is just ask your, your customers, ask your guests and be like, Hey, we hope you had a great stay. Is there anything that could have made it better? Or like something that you'd wish we provided that we didn't. And a lot of people just don't talk to their customers. Well, you know, man, I feel like I could go down a whole entire rabbit hole on that. I had a conversation about guest messaging with Tyann from Touch Day, and they did this amazing study recently. Well, it was a 2023 study, and her and I were talking about it recently. And she was saying that on average, I can't remember the exact statistics, but guests remember like at the most two to three contact points, touch points. Mm -hmm. And so it was really crazy to think that, you know, we may be doing a lot of other communication with our guests, but a lot of it's just forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Don't even really like it doesn't resonate with them. They don't remember it. It doesn't stick with us or stick with them. So yeah, it's really interesting to think that there's a way, you know, that we could potentially create a, a longer impression on our guests and really, you know, doing something a little outside of the box makes that you know, contact points stand out and continue to develop that relationship. I love that. You know what? Let's just go there right now. This concept yeah. of first impressions, what makes that first impression so crucial? Yeah. So the thing about first impressions that a lot of people don't realize is according to studies, not my own studies, but smart people out there, they say it only takes 50 milliseconds to judge a website and decide if you like form an opinion and whether there's established trust there or not. Uh, for a company and then around seven seconds uh, when you're dealing with a person or a company in person. So that's a very short amount of time that you have to kind of create this lasting impact. And there's this thing uh, 
called first impression bias in psychology, which basically means that your first impression holds a lot more weight than incoming information later down the road does. And so there's a great way to leverage having those good first impressions and use that bias to your advantage. And there's this thing called the halo effect, which basically says uh, you get this information from someone and it's a minimal piece of information. It's a tiny puzzle of who they are, who a company is. But since it's all you know, you assimilate the other areas of that company or person to be similar. So for example, if you had just met a coworker or you're networking and they said they went to Harvard, well, most people assume that people at Harvard are very smart or well put together, right? And so they start to paint this picture in their head of what you're going to be like or you know, other traits that they might assimilate you with that aren't necessarily true. Um, in the same sense, in, in the hospitality industry, if you can create this great first impression, um, they're going to have these assumptions that uh, they're going to tie to you that may or may not be true. You would hope they are, right, if they're good assumptions, but they might not be. And then tying back into the psychology of everything, uh, humans are known for having confirmation bias, which means once we have a thought in our head, we're more likely to want to prove that thought than we are to change our minds. We're very stubborn creatures. So they're more likely to buy into the idea that you're perfect if you make a great first impression than they are to change their, their opinion of you, even though they had very limited information. So I think that's why first impressions are so important, whether that's from a website or an OTA uh, where, you know, they're just looking at pictures of your property, the amenities you offer, the reviews that your guests have left, or if that's their first experience when they actually get on site uh, in the property that, you know, they're renting from you. Yeah. And, you know, theoretically, you would think that we only have the chance to have like one first impression, but I'm sitting here listening to you thinking of a couple of the touch points that really kind of are our first impression experiences with our guests, you know, and that may even start, you know, on your direct booking website, like you said, but it may be that scroll, they're scrolling through Airbnb or VRBO or, you know, whatever, wherever they're looking for their, you know, next accommodation. Mm -hmm. And that first, first impression is the photo and the things that they see. Then their second first impression is what kind of communication you offer them just after they book. And then kind of the third and final physical first impression is that first arrival at your property. So, but you know, this confirmation bias, they picked your property for a reason. Exactly. There was something that stood out when they were initially scrolling and looking at all of the choices for places that they could stay. There was something about your particular property that spoke to them and resonated with them and made them want to book. So theoretically, you already have kind of that positive bias going. And so if you can continue to deliver, you know, on great guest communication and getting them the information that they need at the right times in preparation for their stay, by the time they're actually physically showing up on your doorstep, you know, you've, you've already built some initial rapport. And this is reminding me of a book that I recently had a chance to kind of go through called The Speed of Trust. And it's written by Stephen Covey and another co-author. Anyways, this is a, it's kind of a business book and it's talking about how, you know, trust not only facilitates business interactions, but it also saves businesses money and can increase, you know, the bottom line as it were. And so there's total application for us in the hospitality space because these guests, you know, unless it's, you know, the exception would be if we have repeat guests, but by and large, many of the guests that we're gonna be welcoming, we're strangers to them. 
And, yeah. you know, if they're staying at a Marriott or a Hilton, they have a baseline expectation of what they can likely expect when they check in to those hotels. But with the short-term rental industry, there's such variability in the types of properties and the level of professionalization of the hosts and property management companies that really, you know, our guests, the, the initial trust is built when they see, you know, how many stars we have. Is this a super host? You know, this new guest favorite credentialing that Airbnb is giving, you know, certain properties. Mm -hmm. You know, these little ways that we're building trust, but by continuing to build on that through over delivering in all this whole journey that the guest has with us, you know, that really is, you know, the increased bottom line. There may be more likely to have an upset, you know, take advantage of upsell opportunities that you provide them or utilize a service like Noshable because they're already feeling confident and secure and that trust level has grown over the course of their stay. Yeah, exactly. And I also think like the expectation that they're going to set, we as humans, we overthink everything, right? Most of our thoughts are negative thoughts about a situation that will never actually happen, but we have this ability that most animals don't in our brain to just imagine a situation before it's ever happened. Like you can think of, there's a famous Ted talk about artificial happiness or synthetic happiness and how people can actually create this fake level of happiness themselves. And they talk about the ability to just like ration in your head. And they say, Ben and Jerry's doesn't make, you know, liver ice cream, but they can, you can think in your head what liver ice cream tastes like, and you just know it wouldn't be good. And in the same sense, people are booking your property and they're thinking in your head, they're picturing their family vacation. They're saying, what is my significant other going to look like if it's a surprise when they walk through this door? And what, what is that going to feel that experience going to feel like they're picturing going to the beach or going to the slopes with their kids. And you really want to make sure that you're bringing that image to life for them. And so when they have these expectations and you've already had this standard of excellence, that's great. But if excellence is a standard, that toolkit we talked about a little bit earlier that you kind of pick and choose, that's like the add on. And that's where you really differentiate yourself. So it's great to have like that expectation of excellence, but then you got to take it up one more notch occasionally to provide that unique, unreasonable level of hospitality that we were just hitting on. Yeah. Well, and it brings back a memory for me just after, well, things were beginning to open up the pandemic. My husband and I, our 20th anniversary was actually the year of 2020. And so we had planned this amazing like European trip for our 20th anniversary. It totally got, you know, destroyed <laughs> due to COVID. We went nowhere. But the following year, we were determined that we were going to at least salvage a portion of what we had imagined the trip would be like. It pivoted a little bit because there were so many crazy regulations for travel and across the different countries. So we picked one country. We ended up going to France and we had an amazing stay there. And I had been lurking and planning long enough for this trip that I knew that there, there was this new hotel that was opening. It's, it's actually adjacent and part of Chateau Versailles. And okay. so amazing experience. It had just barely opened. I think we stayed that very first summer that that particular hotel was open. And I was already like dreaming and excited about what this stay was going to be like. And it was literally the most expensive hotel room I had ever booked personally in my entire life. But I was so excited. And literally they over delivered. You know, when I showed up, I don't know. I don't want to make this blog all about this amazing hotel, but it, or not blog podcast, but it really was an amazing yeah. stay. And one thing after another was just 
completely over the top. They had like a golf cart that as we were going around the gardens of Versailles, it was like narrating and playing music. And then because we were guests at the hotel, we got to go into Versailles after the public left. So like after hours, it's like us and four other people that are like walking into Versailles and getting a private tour of the Hall of Mirrors and all these amazing places. And I just kept feeling like I had to pinch myself over and over. Yeah. It was amazing. And when you have that type of experience, you just, you can't get enough of it. And it becomes this new bar of like, okay, you're searching for that high again. I don't know. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had a couple. I've had one in the hospitality space. So I was at Disney World when I was a kid. And so one of my, my good mentors and one of her advisors, you know, was pretty influential at Disney himself and pretty much ran Walt Disney World. And one of the things he always likes to say is they create magic moments. And I definitely like I don't remember my whole trip from Disney. We were never really a Disney family growing up. My mom's like, this thing's like freaking six thousand dollars. And you know, back in the day that was a lot more money in like two thousand eight or whatever. But I do remember a couple certain moments and there were those like magic moments and we'd stayed at the Port Orleans, which is like the New Orleans Mardi Gras themed resort. And when we walked in, they put like beads on us and they were like playing music and there had been a balloon twister and the balloon twister had left and they're like, We're so sorry, like you, the balloon twister, um, like, I forget what happened. I think it was little again, not part of the magic moment, but they'd left. And believe it or not, this is a random fact that I'm admitting on the internet now, but I was a professional balloon twister as a kid and I worked in the circus and I trained a lot of people because it's just one of those things that put the 10,000 hours into. And so I was like, oh, I, can I make a balloon? And I started making it for them. And there, as guests were coming in, I started making it for them too. And they were like shocked and like, we don't want to take it from vacation, but if you'll just finish out like the last bit they were supposed to, we'll give you some of these like fast passes. So this was back before, or maybe they only had it on a couple of rides where they had the ability to get like a time zone to come back for a ride. So lines were still, they were still figuring out the line issue back then. And so they gave my family eight of like the cut the line fast passes on any ride in any park, just for me kind of hanging out with them for 30 minutes. They were like trying to pay me too. And I was like, you don't have to do that. But yeah, it was just one of those experiences where like they were so welcoming and I felt like like part of the crew almost as a little kid. And it's just a memory that I had. And it was one of those magic moments that I'll never forget. So yeah, I definitely can, uh, you know, relate to what your experience is like as well. Yeah. And, and that these, those things are just, they are, they're magical. And, you know, as a hospitality operator here in the short-term rental space, I mean, I've had so many conversations and there's so many people trying to educate people on how to increase your direct bookings and kind of build a brand. You know, I want when people come stay with with me, I want them to be like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. And the next time they're thinking of traveling, they're like, I only want to stay at a property that she's hosting, you know, or or, you know, that that brand is hosting. I think if we're doing it right you know, over time, obviously this is the long game, but you can really develop that customer loyalty and kind of that micro brand, that boutique brand for your market. I really think that that, that is what we should be striving for. But again, I don't know, this concept of being able to over deliver, but without getting overwhelmed, right? Because yeah. there's so many things that we can be doing and putting our attention into. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of one of the underlying values of Noshable is this ability to allow hosts and property managers to do something that kind of over delivers for their guests, but doesn't put more on their plate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think like one of the things that it's great in the industry, seeing all these new amenities pop up and all these ways that guests can just relax and have all these kind of memories or those magic moments as Disney puts it. But one of the 
biggest staples is groceries. And that's kind of why we decided to target that because my family just was never buying a private chef when we'd rent an Airbnb or going on some crazy excursions or renting bikes or that kind of stuff, which some families do, you know, but a majority of families need food and need to grocery shop. And so that's why we wanted to tackle kind of one of the most basic things. And it sounds cheesy, but like the uh, definition of hospitality is providing space, rest, and then food and drink for a guest. And oftentimes in this hospitality industry, all that we're providing as property managers is just space. You know, this is our, this is where you'll be with your family. Let me know if you need anything like outside of that, I will give you some recommendations, but we're not giving them a direct line of access to that food and drink, you know, and that's something that we don't want them to have to waste their time doing. And so that was kind of where Nashville comes into play. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, everybody eats, right? <laughs> it's like I, I certainly do. If, if you don't, I probably eat my fair share for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely a fundamental basic human need. So, you know, on this concept that, hey, we can satisfy this. And, you know, here I am. I don't know what the exact statistic is, but, you know, the gut check is that probably moms are booking, you know, at least 50% of the travel plans for their families. And, mm -hmm. you know, I do the majority of the cooking for my family, my, you know, kudos to the husband. He helps as well, but you know, I'm the one figuring out nine times out of 10, what's for dinner tonight. And so it's really helpful for me to think that I can, you know, get some grocery orders in place. And just when I show up for vacation, I'm literally on vacation as well. And I'm not yeah. still feeling like I've got a ton of errands to run and things to coordinate in order to make sure that my family gets fed tonight. So. Yep. Yep. I, uh, looking back now as an adult, I think kids miss out on all the things that the moms are doing for them, whether it's their time or their money or cooking the dinner while they're on vacation, playing in the pool. There's definitely a lot of work that, that goes into that. So hopefully Nashville helps, you know, moms like you and, and the people in the families and uh, groups of friends that are, you know, tasked with doing the bookings and cooking the, the meals and shopping for the meals. And, you know, hopefully everyone can rest uh, equally. So another thing too, about Nashville and uh, other services like this as well, uh, just in this amenity space is I think important and kind of something we hit on, but not fully is building a brand for yourself. As we said, kind of the goal of a property management company is ultimately not to have to rely on Airbnb as a crutch or other OTAs. They would love, you know, to get as many direct bookings as possible and have these loyal customers come back. But to do that, you really need to build a brand and brands that have been able to have this like super loyal fan base do something that others don't. And that's to sell experiences. So um, when you think about some of the most popular brands that anyone can know, like Starbucks or Disney, Starbucks, ultimately, like internally, their mission is to be like one of the doors that you go through every day. So you might leave your home to go to the office and you might go to work in the morning or whatever or maybe Starbucks is, you know, on your way to work, but they want to be one of those doors that you're stepping into and experiencing. And most people who drink coffee can kind of visualize what it feels like to be in a Starbucks, you know, and all the colors and the aroma and the bustling noise and people using their speedy Wi-Fi. Like it's more than just coffee. You know, they're selling the place, they're selling the product and they're selling the people. They train their baristas really well. They treat them really well. And that's because they're selling a whole experience. The same thing with Disney, as we talked about already, is like those magic moments at the end of the day, you're not going to remember all of Disney and it's not just about that Mickey Mouse cookie you're eating, but piece together. There's these magic little moments where you see Mickey or you get to your hotel and there's people there greeting you with the balloon twister, supposedly a balloon twister. Maybe it's a 11 year old blonde haired boy right there, but you know, putting the beads on you, like that's the kind of experience that they ultimately sell. And I think there's a huge chance in the hospitality industry right now 
for these property management companies to kind of curate their own experiences and create those loyal customers coming back. Because now more than ever, people are looking to differentiate. And this is something that the hotel industry went through in the 70s. Hotels have been around for a really long time, but just in the earlier 70s is when they started coming up with rewards programs and, you know, uh, the Regency Club of Hyatt, like all of these amenities where they realized they, they need to differentiate, you know, just having a place for people to sleep isn't quite good enough. They want food, um, they want drinks, they want to network with other business people. And now the same thing has happened with Airbnb and property management companies, vacation rentals. It's, it's time to step it up and provide that overall experience. Absolutely. So before we let you go here, just give us an idea, like what does it actually look like for like, say I'm, I'm okay, great, Connor. I want to implement Noshable for my short-term rental business. What's, what's that going to look like? What do I have to do? And, you know, tell me about how that's actually going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So you can always uh, book a demo, either reach out to me or you can go to our website, shopnoshable.com. But essentially what we'll do is we leverage uh, a trusted network. So we kind of have two routes we can go. If you're a property manager and you are either have your own cleaning team, whether in uh, outsourced or they're internal, we can onboard them and we can go through a quick training process with them. And it's a way for them to make some extra cash and kind of create this experience yourself internally. And you can definitely have a little bit more of your finger on the pulse with that. If you want to add, you know, other concierge type services outside of just Noshable, that's a great way to do it. But Ultimately, we also realized that some people are understaffed or they don't have cleaners that are willing to do that. So we've been partnering with some of the top cleaning companies all over different states who are willing to, you know, clean your property as well as do the delivery, as well as some grocery concierge companies. And so uh, if you book a demo and we don't currently have someone in your state and you don't have someone that, you know, is your own cleaning company, we're happy to find partners in that area. Uh, to onboard you and we'll work through that process together. But the goal is for property managers to not have too much on their plate, like you said, which kind of leads me into our pricing model and how it all works. So what we do is we don't charge property managers anything. It's not another SaaS subscription added to your stack of you know tech. And every time you get a new property, everything goes up in price because you're now paying for just one more, you know, from my side of the property management things. Uh, I've experienced that and it's a pain and we didn't want to go that route. So instead, since it's free, um, what we do is we actually mark up the groceries, an aggregate number that kind of varies depending on your location. And then we charge a delivery fee. And that delivery fee goes to compensate either your own cleaners and you have the ability to set the amenity price yourself. So whatever the delivery fee is, if you pay your cleaners $30 an hour and that's what you want it to be, then you can do that. If you're in like, you know, a one percenter ski town and people just the going rate is 50 bucks an hour, you set that to whatever you feel is appropriate. And then you actually get a portion of the rev share as well. So Nashville takes their cut of this markup on the groceries and we actually share it as well with the property manager. And then the same thing would apply if we put you with one of our trusted partners, they'll do the delivery, the guest is paying that delivery fee and of course for the groceries and that markup. And then you just have the ability to drive some bonus revenue you know, on, on any purchase that groceries want or uh, any purchase of groceries that those guests want. And it's a great way because that way is actually stocked in the fridge. And we found that a majority of people look to cook. So over 65% of people cook when they're on vacation. And on top of that, 59% of people are already using some like form of gig economy services, delivery services. So Instacart, Uber Eats, Postmate, but of those people, 94% still make a trip to the grocery store for a majority of their goods. So there's this lack of trust around gig economy services and like the ability for a $400 grocery order to be safe and like maintained. If you hit a travel delay, it's left out on the porch. They just don't trust that. So instead they go themselves. But 
by going with this approach of either onboarding the current ops or using trusted partners who have access into the property, it's stocked in the fridge, safe and sound, and they have no worries uh, as far as you know the quality of the groceries or spoiling a $400 grocery order. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, and I love that, you know, like you said, you and I had a chance to chat when we first met and this concept of, you know, one of my properties is in a fairly rural area. And one of the hurdles that I felt like I had was that I don't have an Instacart access in that market. You know, there mm -hmm. isn't, you know, I mean, there's one particular grocery store where I can order my groceries online, but the gap between the grocery store and my refrigerator at my property, I had no way to close that gap. Yeah. So, you know, with Noshable, I potentially do. So, yeah. 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 I mean, that's the goal, you know, it's, it's all about the guests and giving back, hopefully the moms that two hours or whoever's grocery shopping that first two hours there and just spending that time with family. And again, it's like those magic moments. Like when you picture that experience of being at Disneyland or going into a Starbucks or whatever that is, that brand that you have a lot of loyalty to, like you can imagine your own properties and imagine your guests, potentially two thirds of guests that are cooking at home, opening, you know, their fridge or their kids are running into their Airbnb after a long drive. And there's stock, the kids get dessert, you know, you and your significant other can crack open a bottle of wine. Like that's part of the experience. And it's not just Noshable and just, you know, grocery shopping, but all these other amenities that we're talking about. Uh, I think those are important for building your brand and your experience. And if you do that well, and I think now is a great chance to be like one of the people who does it well and differentiate yourself. I think there's, you know, going to be, uh, you're going to be so far ahead of the curve when it, when it comes to direct bookings and, and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, thank you so much for spending a bit of time with us. And uh, I loved this conversation about, you know, how we can really stand out in the crowded market, grow our brand, get more, you know, repeat guests and over deliver for our guests truly without feeling overwhelmed. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I always love catching up. Yeah. Awesome. So I will be sure to put the link in the show notes of all the places that you can find Connor and also how to connect with Noshable. And real quick, you had a little something that you were willing to extend to listeners of our show today. Why don't you tell everybody what that's about? Yeah. Yeah. So I know I just hit on that our pricing is completely free for property managers and we'll partner with your trusted fulfillment or your own current ops, but we would love to consider, you know, a, a higher rev share and it's based off of how many properties you have and occupancy rates and areas, obviously. But if you just mentioned uh, the short-term rental solutions podcast, we'll take that into consideration and, you know, give you a slightly better cut of that market on groceries that your guests purchase. So any listeners, if you do reach out, uh, make sure to make that a note and uh, we'll take that into consideration. Fantastic. Thank you. That's very generous. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week and be sure to join us next week when we have another conversation with the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you could spare a moment, please leave the show a quick review. Your review helps us help more hosts and property managers like yourself. By the way, if you're a realtor, lender, bookkeeper, accountant, interior designer, or other professional who specializes in serving the short-term rental industry, we need to get you listed on STR Hub and start spreading the word about your services. So reach out to me via email, christiane at strhub.com. Thanks again for listening. And be sure to join me next time to catch my latest conversation with the innovators designing the solutions that are shaping our industry.